Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 58, Thursday, October 3rd, 2019, the first week of October. Shout out to all of the Mean Girls fans out there. October 3rd, I know it was an important day for you. Uh, we're entering that sweet spot in mid to late October and early November where literally everything is happening in the world of sports. We've got college football in the NFL, October baseball, the NHL season started yesterday, and the NBA and college basketball seasons are right around the corner. I personally prefer March because I'm a college hoops junkie, but you can easily make the case that this is the best time of year for sports over the next month and a half. I have a very special Doggy Juice Pod episode for you all today. Earlier in the day, I sat down with Marcus Donito, managing editor and my boss man over at Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News. We talked about the state of the sports betting industry and where things stand now. It's such an interesting period in time with the sports betting gold rush in full swing here in America. And I've mentioned here on the podcast that I'm part of the inaugural class of the brand new sports wagering and integrity program over at the University of New Hampshire School of Law. And the stuff that that we've been covering in those classes since January of this year, it's it's all been eye-opening to say the least and just the developments uh, in that class, you know, in those classes alone just in this calendar year has just shown how how many changes are taking place out there. So it truly is the Wild West out there. and There isn't anyone better to bring on than Marcus to talk about some of the changes and developments that we're seeing right now. So that's going to be most of the podcast that interview. But after the interview, I close out the pod with some of my favorite weekend plays in college football and the NFL. So without further ado, let's get into today's interview. It brings me great pleasure to bring Marcus Donito on the podcast today. He's the managing editor at Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News and corrects my grammar mistakes on the regular. Welcome to the podcast, Marcus. How's it going? Hey, thanks, Mike. It's, it's great to be here. But you know, I was wondering when, when you were going to ask me to be on the show. Uh, you know, you had Joe Rogers on. You had Tommy Stokey on. I'm the one that hired you. <laughs> well, well, I figured... They were the appetizer course for, for the main entree. Well, well thank you. But, but in all yeah. seriousness, it's, it's uh, <laughs> great to be on the show. Um, you have a fun podcast. I, I know you have a solid following. And I wanted to tell your all your followers out there, um, you know, what a great addition you've been to the staff. You know, truly an all-star rookie uh, on our uh, Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana news team. So uh, great to have you. And it's great to be on the show. Appreciate that, Marcus. Yeah, it's been like a whirlwind for me. I, I love joining uh, USA Sports Gaming over the summer, and now um, obviously with you know, expanding into Indiana and hopefully other states eventually. It's it's really just an exciting time. I, I love being there. Everyone's so much fun to work with, and uh, the feelings mutual. Really, uh, I owe it to you for bringing me on, and and uh, very excited to see where things go from here. So you have a wealth of experience as a sports journalist. Um, and particular in the sports betting industry. So do you mind sharing with the listeners some of your background, uh, particularly like where, where you got your, where you start, where you started and previous stops you've made? Sure. Sure. Uh, so yeah, I've been in, in sports media and in sports journalism for about 21 years. Uh, started at sports business daily. Um, that was in 1998. I was a staff writer there and then became managing editor. Uh, you know, Sports Business Daily is probably a publication that not a lot of sports fans are familiar with, but it's it's really the 
publication of record and for for uh, for in the sports industry and for uh, you know leaders in the business. Um, I moved over to Sporting News in, in uh, 2008. That was a couple of years after the parent company of Sports Business Daily bought Sporting News from Paul Allen and, and the editorial operation got moved here to Charlotte, North Carolina. So bounced around to a couple of roles in, uh, in, at Sporting News. And uh, I believe it was in 2003 that um, uh, we struck up a partnership with a group called the Lie Makers. In, uh, it's, a, it's a group of, from Las Vegas. Uh, they used to have a show on, on, on cable on USA. Uh, a group group of former sportsbook managers. There's some pretty pretty uh, big names, legendary bookmakers in that crew. Uh, Richie Bachelary, uh, Jimmy Vaccaro, um, Kenny White were among the you know guys that shot videos for us that we worked with there. So. Uh, that was su- super thrilling. Uh, that that partnership kind of went by the wayside, though, and uh, I ended up getting laid off and uh, freelancing for a couple of years. And then I was approached by our fearless leader Frank uh, about uh, uh, about Bet Chicago and, and this venture that he that he uh, that, that he that he was moving forward with, and he, he wanted to launch a website. Um, There's a big part of the marketing mix, and hired me to to run that for him. So here we are. Yeah, the rest is history or being written right That's now. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Chapter one. Exactly. So you've had a lot of experience, obviously, but also just to get like a feel for your, your sports fandom, like where, did, obviously you're, you're from the New York, uh, upstate New York area, but where do your loyalties lie in terms of, you know, teams that you cheer for? Well, you know, the, uh, my loyalties have changed over the years. I, I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, you're working in the business for so long and getting kind of jaded. Um, I, I think it also has to do with my penchant for, for betting and fantasy. Uh, so, uh, you know, the teams I grew up cheering for, I, I really don't have much loyalty to anymore. Um, I do follow the Panthers a, a lot. I mean, they were, you know, they were, uh, when I, when I moved here, they were, that was their first, the Panthers first year in existence. So I had an immediate attachment to the Panthers. Um, and they've been a pretty good franchise to follow. You know, they have a great fan base, and they're, it's, it's exciting for the for the town. And to a couple of Super Bowls, have yet to break through to win one. But uh, but they're a good team. And you know, if, if there was a, a team in the NFL that I said I was a fan of, it, it'd be them. But probably a lot like you, I'm, I'm cheering for my bets every week more than anything. Yeah, I think it's Bill Krakenberger that says his loyalty lies to his bankroll, and that's alone. That's yeah, alone. that's right. That's right. <laughs> so. The state of the sports betting industry, I know this is something that obviously you're very aware of. You've been right in the, in the thick of it this whole time, even before you know this big boom. But it is booming right now. The, the entire sports betting industry in America ever since PASPA was overturned about, I think it's about a year and a half ago now, almost since, or yeah, whatever, yeah. quick math, last May. But yeah. um, it's the gold rush right now, as we know. And, and guys like Frank, are, you know, they got on top of it early. I think I've told you, I remember when the, the first Bet Chicago billboard went up. Um, on the expressway here in Chicago the day after PASPA was overturned. That was, Frank was right on it. And um, you're seeing various companies come out of the woodwork now. It's a massive land grab in multiple states. I mean, just this morning, you know, kind of locally or at least closer to you uh, in D.C., William Hill announced a partnership with Monumental Sports owned by Ted Leonsis, the who owns the the Wizards, the Capitals, and the Mystics. Yeah. And it's it's going to clear the way for, for sports betting at Capital One Arena in D.C. And it's something we're probably you know, going to see here, the way the Illinois law is written and uh, word on the street of the way the New York law, uh, the way they're 
looking to write that law too. Uh, we're going to see more betting inside stadiums. Uh, it's just crazy to, you know, to think of how far things have come. So what's your, I mean, I guess like what's some of like the biggest surprises in your mind so far the past couple of years? And, and uh, you know, do you have any thoughts on like just where we're at and, and how, you, how you think things are going to end up going? Well, there's no doubt that more states are going to jump on. It's, it's kind of hard to predict how big it's going to get. And, and but, you know, we, I, we look back, I think it's I think it's 13 states right now that it's live in. Uh, and yeah. I think you got a big asterisk on that 13, though, right? I mean, because it's not legal mobile in 13 states. And right. if it's legal mobile, it's, you know, the, the impact is pretty limited. You know, I'm actually originally from upstate New York and I was home over the summer and I went to visit, uh, you know, uh, Rivers Casino in Schenectady. And at the time, and it still may be, at the time, it was the only sports book in the state. So where it's, quote, legal in New York, you know, there were literally six people sitting around the book. Now, it was baseball season, in fairness, so not on a weekday, so not a ton going on. But, but nevertheless, where it's uh, supposedly legal uh, in, the, in the most populous state in the union, there's six people sitting around betting. So uh, let's let be a little careful with, with, you know, some, some states are doing it right. Uh, some states, oh, you know, haven't figured that out yet. Um, but, but, you know, that being said, I think that the industry as a whole is pretty happy with, with, with the pace of, of legislation uh, and legalization. Um, and it's just going to, you know, it's just going to get bigger from here. Yeah. It just seems like more and more states are finally, catching on you know you knew it was going to take longer in some states too but i just can't help but think also that states that are like on the fence right now are just going to see the numbers you know the the revenue numbers and in, in some states you know, like new jersey just how much handle that they have on a monthly basis yeah we, uh, hopefully yeah you know illinois has got a ways to go here i mean they, they they passed it in uh in june and signed into law i believe it was on my birthday june 28th when pritzker signed it um I think you're right yeah and uh you know, but still, it's see, we, we don't seem that close. It's it's amazing that you know it's you know it's, it doesn't really seem that close to getting off the ground. Uh, it's looking more like twenty twenty um, than than anything. I mean, certainly this football season is going to come and go without that being placed in in, in Chicago, I, in, in, or in Illinois. I think even super the Super Bowl, which uh, you know some people looked at as a realistic launch date, uh, you know that might be looking like a long shot at this point. We'll see how it goes. Right, so I'm torn as a better because obviously as a better, I want them to launch in Illinois as soon as they can. But just from a bigger picture perspective, I think that waiting to get the bill right is the smart long term move. And it looks like you know that's at least what they're doing, opening it up for for public comments at the Illinois Gaming Board. I, I wrote my my magnum opus last week, sent a very long winded email to the the Illinois Gaming Board, basically just telling you know mistakes I think in the law and and how you know they can fix it, but who knows if they'll actually read it, if they'll get any eyeballs, but, but yeah. uh, it's just, there, there's just a lot of aspects in that Illinois bill that, that really grind my gear, you know, the, obviously the high tax rate, the, the licensing fee, but just more importantly, like for you know, the in unit or sorry, in, in person registration requirement for the first 18 months, I think is just completely yeah. bogus that they, they don't really have a good reasoning behind that decision. And I'm hoping that that's the thing that they really change, you know, the most right away. No, you, you make a good point. I mean, you know, the, when the law was passed in, in June, uh, you know, people were hopeful that you know, the 2019 football season is when we could start betting in Illinois, but there's going to be another football season. That, you know, it's, it, you know, your point was let's get it right, not get it quick. 
there's another football season next year. There's another football season the year after that. So uh, to sacrifice one season uh, for the long-term benefit of, of, of everybody, for, for, you know, for, for betters, for bookmakers, for all the stakeholders, uh, I think is the right thing. It makes sense. It's the right thing to do. I think so too. And unfortunately that assumes that they're actually, you know, going to get it right, which I think is a huge leap, but we've been surprised before. So I don't know. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see, but uh, I think it's not the best sign that they're opening that up for public comment, but hopefully, you know, it's a, it's, it's like a double-edged sword. It's a good sign that they might be admitting that they screwed it up the first time and they need more guidance. But at the same time, it, it also shows their, you know, that they did screw it up. The fact that they're even here. So. We'll yeah. See. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, you know, certainly a rush to, to, to get that law passed and it, it was uh, kind of, kind of touch and go for a while, uh, kind of rammed it through and, uh, you know, now they realize maybe they're not in the place they need to be. Right. And in terms of the industry in general too, just like a more big picture perspective, um, where do you think like the industry is heading? Because we're, we're seeing more European influence companies coming in, uh, you know, the William Hills of the world, that are, you know, their business model uh, doesn't necessarily cater to, to sharp players, to, to, for lack of a better, you know, to, to put it lightly, I guess. Right. But obviously we have the ongoing data revolution right now, too, with um, obviously with, with player tracking data and, and next-gen stats really you know, be coming to the forefront. But how, how do you see, you know, the industry moving the next few years? Do you think it's going to go, you know, more of like a snail's pace or do you think, uh, and I guess what, where do you see things in like five years from right now? Well, I mean, in terms of the, you know, the European bookmakers versus the U.S. based one, I mean, there's probably room in the market for both. And, and I, you know, I, you know, we, you and I are on gambling Twitter all day and, you know, we hear the complaints about the William Hills of the world, not taking bets for, for, for professionals. Uh, you know, I, I, I think that may be overstated. I mean, I'm not, I, I know that's, that's their practice. And I think the problem is they're, they're not quite, as honest as they should be about it. Um, but I think to the average better, it really doesn't matter. It certainly didn't matter to Ted Leonsis, right? When he just signed him to be their partner. Uh, I mean, it's all about the dollar and you know, the, the European, you know, these European companies have deep pockets. They've been in the, this business for so long. So who would Ted Leonsis go with? He went with the, the company that, that could write in the biggest check and that could, could put the biggest marketing heft behind it. Um, so I, you know, I don't think Ted Leonsis cares that that William Hill has a, a, a not a great reputation on on gambling Twitter. Uh, uh, so, but but I think that there's you know there's going to be room in the marketplace for both types of books. Obviously, there are going to be books that cater to to pros, um, and uh, you know, the, and, and, and those books will thrive in, in their own right while William Hill does business their own way. So. I think there's a lot, you know, it's, it's, there's, it, there's a lot of room in this industry for, for, for both types of books. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, like, but... Yeah. In, in terms of, yeah, in terms of the, the, the data, you know, what, what kind of fascinates me and what I'm looking at is, is the data in the hands of the, of the better. Uh, you know, everyone seems to have a model these days. I, you know, I don't know if the, the models, you know, not, not all the models are effective, but they, they seem to, you know, the models seem to be proliferating and you just wonder if there's a point at which, you know, obviously some, some betters are already ahead of the books, right? Those are the pros. Those are the sharps that can beat the number consistently. Uh, you know, are, you know, do the betters get sophisticated enough where 
you know, the, the odds are going to have to start to change. And there's, there's so many betters that have models that work that are ahead of the bookmakers that that's going to kind of tilt the, the game toward, toward the betters. I, you know, that, that's, that's kind of fascinating to me because everybody I talk to seems to have a model. And again, whether those models are, are picking winners or not, I don't know. Uh, but, but, you know, kind of the longer they go and the more refined they get, uh, I, you know, I, I, that, that's just, just something, something interesting and something I'm watching out for. Yeah, I mean, the market's just gotten so much more sharp. I mean, I haven't been doing this for too long, but, you know, you hear guys say that even like the past five years, let alone the past 10, the market's just sharpened up so much. I mean, obviously, especially in, you know, like the NFL where the every single line is, is sharpened up, especially by the time, you know, the weekend rolls around. But, you know, you see that in, you know, state or, or nationwide right now with, um, with, I guess, more players just having, you know, coming out of the woodwork, you get more, you know, the, the action networks of the world and, and they're plugging their models in front of the national media. But there comes the point where if you have, you know, a model that everyone's using, the market's going to price the line based off of that model. So it loses its edge. You know, the markets yeah. correct themselves over time, which. Yeah, I, that's I, right. You know, yeah, there's been a lot of news about that uh, new towel service, right? Jambos. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. You know, they they seem to be moving the market, uh, but that's, you know, that causes problems for their customers, obviously, because they're handing out lines. And uh, by the time the customers can get around to betting them, the lines are old. Right. And I know guys like, um, like Dr. Bob Stoll, he goes on VEASAN uh, quite a bit. He, um, he, he's run into the same issues over the years too, where he'll release a line, you know, to his clients early in the week the market will move a few points, but then almost not, not always, but like by the end of the week, again, um, you know, the market will move back the other way. And the whole issue with him is, you know, he releases it to his clients. If they can get down at his number, that's great. But if, if the line doesn't move, then obviously there's a sign that there's sharp action on the other side. It might not be a good side that he's giving out. And then yeah. if they're, if they're getting down on that worse price, you know, because a lot of his clients do that, then they're, they could be getting down on a bad play as it is and also at a bad number. So there's, there's issues with that as well. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, and you wonder if the people buying the picks understand that. You know, no, that, I don't think they do, because especially when you can twist the the wording around and stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty yeah, critical but, myself about those tout services. Of course, yeah, no, and and you do a great job in, in your stories pointing that out. Um, you know, a, a play is a play at a certain number, but if it gets off that number, it's no longer a play. Right. No, so, exactly. Yeah, that's much much appreciated, um, and I, and I, I hope that that the readers out there and that casual better out there understands the, you know, the value that you bring with that perspective. Well, it's like case in point today, I'm writing an article on that Cincinnati game tomorrow night. And I, I got down at, at plus four and a half at the beginning of the week, the lines moved. Uh, it's three and a half now today. Uh, I got the line, you know, I'm talking about everyone having a model at mine has it closer to about one, 1. 1.5 in that range. Um, so there's still value at, you know, three and a half where it's at right now, it's just not as valuable. So, you know, yeah. to, to reduce the investment to there's that whole you know, the, the larger the edge the larger the investment thing but um sure uh, but my my thoughts just to put a, a bow on this on, on the industry my my stance for the past couple of years as i've learned more about this is that nevada the state of nevada has been doing this for the past you know few decades they've been doing this for so long and and they've got it right you know for the most part just through trial and error after all these years i think states trying to enter the ring are doing themselves a disservice by not at least looking at the Nevada model of doing things. And I, Nevada hasn't been perfect either, especially um, with regards to, you know, like new technology and the, the betting apps they've got there. I think that's where New Jersey's really surpassed them um, 
right away. But New Jersey did borrow a lot from the Nevada model when they started out. And I think they, you know, they improved on it, obviously with a massive market there. And you got like, you know, 17 or 18 different operators at, at least that are competing for market share. So I think there's, you know, for states that are looking to move forward, I think taking a look at Nevada as just a, a blueprint is is the way to go. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you 100%, but it, but it is interesting that New Jersey in, in a lot of ways has um, uh, you know, evolved from, 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 uh, from, from Nevada, even from a bookmaking standpoint, right? They're, they're, we're seeing a lot of creative bets that, that bookmakers are, are, are putting up that, 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 that New Jersey still, or that, excuse me, that Nevada bookmakers aren't. So, you know, as you say, Nevada's not perfect, a great model, um, but, but certainly anything can be improved, but Definitely a good starting point for states to look at. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, let's jump into the games this week. We're going to touch on some uh, college football week six and then break down, uh, touch a little bit more on the NFL this week. Uh, we got a nice little round of games there. But starting out with Notre Dame laying a near record spread and, and Eric Dewberry, our co-worker over at, at that Chicago Bed Indiana, he did a phenomenal job of digging up some of these these really interesting numbers with the Irish, uh, their historical uh, numbers laying big points like this. And this is their, they, the Irish are laying 40 plus points to an opponent for just the fifth time since 1980 this week. You have to go back to 1989 to uncover a more lopsided line involving Notre Dame. They are laying, I believe the spread's still 45. It might have been ticked up, uh, but they're laying 45 against Bowling Green, just a terrible team this year. Uh, but at the same time, for those that just want to jump, you know, on on the Fighting Irish this week, uh, when you look at Brian Kelly, the Notre Dame coach, he hasn't fared well as a heavy favorite coming off of big games. The Irish are two and seven against the spread in his tenure as double digit favorites following a win over a ranked opponent. Is, just, is this a game that you're just going to stay off completely? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to touch this game. You know, it's it's fun to when there's a spread this big, it's fun to talk about. It's fun to write yeah. about. Uh, but I don't know. It's not a not a not a very memorable game for me. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, they got USC next week. Eric also pointed out that that Notre Dame has been successful the week before USC. I'm not right. sure how stock I put into that trend. To be honest with you, um, you know, they they got Michigan uh, uh, two weeks after USC. Uh, I think, and I think you pointed this out somewhere that you know they they basically want to stay healthy. So right. you can certainly see them going to their bench um, early third quarter when the game is in hand. Right. Uh, but yeah, not a not a not a game I want to be involved in either laying or taking the forty five. No, I agree. I don't think there's going to be any desire whatsoever to to run up the score. Like the the interesting angle that I was looking at because I had to do more digging on this because Brian Van Gorder he's. Notre Dame's defensive coordinator uh, was yeah. fire, fired in, in 2016 because he was doing such, such a terrible job. And he was in charge of Louisville's defense last year. And that was, they were like historically bad last year. They, they gave up 50 plus points at seven different games and he got canned. And now he's <laughs> taking over for Bowling Green and bringing his mess there. But I was trying to like do some digging to see if maybe Brian Kelly had any, you know, had, had it out for this guy. You know, if he would be looking to maybe run up the score, but there's really, there's just nothing there. <laughs> And there seems to be no incentive at all for for Brian Kelly to want to to win by a big margin here. Well, so, but is there an incentive on the other side? Maybe that's an angle. I well, mean, the, on the other side, and he he has to have some knowledge of uh, 
of the offense there. He um, does. He hasn't been a very effective defensive coordinator, apparently, but that's got to give him, I'm not saying an edge, but, but the, uh, but the knowledge he has coming from Notre Dame and, and, you know, working within that, you know, seeing that offense firsthand, doesn't it? No, no. I mean, no, I love that angle. The problem is for this guy, I don't think he has, (laughs) he has like the talent or, you know, the the pieces or any of the tools to do anything about it with that motivation, you know, but that's a good point though, because he's, it, at the same time, Ian Book wasn't around when he was there, and like a lot of these offensive players weren't there. But you're right; he does know a lot of Brian Kelly's tendencies, and you know, you, you know that he's got he's had this game circled on his calendar for a while. So, I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I, in these situations, it's always dog or pass for me. I'm not touching it, but that's a very good angle. You know, maybe even you could get a flat spot with Notre Dame and you know, grin and bear by taking the points in the first half or something. But yeah, it's that's a good point though. I mean, he's definitely had this game circled, so it's. That is something to consider. Yeah, yeah. S- still, still a pass. Definitely a pass. <laughs> but, yeah. So let's move on to a game that I have not passed, um, and it involves my my Iowa Hawkeyes. And I feel like terrible this year because I have not cashed a bet on the Hawkeyes this year. They're you know they're they're ranked. They're four and zero this year. But I've actually lost money betting. Well, I, I take that back. I I did the Iowa state Iowa game that I was on, I did cash with Iowa state. So yeah, I did, sorry. I did not cash with Iowa, but, but, um, but Michigan, I did put a small bet on them this week at, at minus three against the Hawkeyes. I'm looking to actually get involved in that under two. If it could tick up to 48, it's sitting at 47 and a half right now, but uh, they play early Saturday morning in Ann Arbor. And this is a game. It's going to be a great game. Two ranked teams can be big for big 10 implications, but obviously I think the market perception on these teams uh, at least in the betting market, uh, couldn't be much more different, you know, especially compared to the, the start of the year when Michigan, I think, you know, this game was stuck, was played game one, Michigan's a double digit favorite. And now, you know, they're laying three in some spots. I think it's three and a half at some year to shop around too. But um, I heard the staff from uh, Vegas handicapper, Brad Powers, but this is a good trend for the under Iowa's defense has not allowed a single rush this season longer than 19 yards. And the Michigan offense has not rushed for, longer than 20 yards in any play this season. And, and Iowa, they, they're, they're known for that bend, but don't break defense. That's, you know, that boring plotting way of playing, you know, on defense with the cover two. And I think we're going to get more of that this week. Michigan, probably a game. We're not going to get many big plays. So I'm, I'm taking a look at that under, I'm taking a look. You know, I got, I like Michigan at minus three. I told you I've put a small bet down on that. So it just stands to reason that Iowa team total under um, is worth a look as well this week. But I don't know. Do you have any you have any thoughts on these two teams? Yeah, I'm with you. I like Michigan. I mean, I know people are down on them. Um, they they haven't been impressive this year. Uh, you know, they got blown out in Madison. Um, but but laying three three and a half at home seems awfully light to me. I mean, from a, from a talent perspective, I mean that you're telling me these teams are even. No. Uh, from a, from a talent perspective, I gotta believe Michigan has has an edge. Look at the games of the year numbers. I think there were 12 and 13. Yep. Now you're telling me I get a chance to, to lay three at home with Michigan. I, yeah, I, I, I'm pretty high in Michigan this week. And, uh, you know, I don't I know, you know, Iowa undefeated, but what have they, have they you know, is their resume that really that impressive? Uh, you know, they beat Iowa State on the road, sort of got lucky a little bit of that game. I mean, one by one, um, you know. We'll see, uh, but but I, I I'm pretty high in Michigan this week. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That Iowa State game was I mean, it was a great game, but the, you know the I think the the weather in that one kind of threw off a lot of my pregame handicap at least, just because there was you know they had like a good three hour delay in that game due to weather and um and and they were lucky. I mean, there was a point in that game where Iowa was was live. They're catching seven and a half points on the live line. They were losing, and they did a great job of battling back in that game. I think Iowa State kind of bit themselves in the foot, but yeah, Iowa State holds on and wins that game. I think the spread on Saturday is not three points. And I still think the market's down on Michigan after after what happened in Wisconsin. Everyone expected them to to blow through Rutgers last week, which they did. I mean, they shut them down, and I think we should have expected that, you know, an all-in effort by Harbaugh last week. But, but um, well, well, wait a second. Let's let's back up here a second. You you, you went to Iowa, yeah. and you're back against them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. so your loyalty really does yeah. even. Even against your alma mater, your loyalty truly does. Yeah, lie. it sucks. I mean, yeah, it's, and it, it was really brutal. And like, I had a crisis of faith when they're playing Iowa State a few weeks ago. It was really hard because that's our big rivalry game. And me, like ten years ago, would have. I mean, I could only imagine what I've done to myself ten years ago for if I would have had like a crystal ball and known ten years later that I would have that ticket in my pocket. But yeah, just it's, I've come to the point now, Marcus, where it's just I said it and forget it. You know, if I put the money in good in my mind, then I could still – I'd be lying if I told you that I'm cheering in the same way that I used to cheer when I'm watching the game. But it's one of those games where, I, you know, the ball's in the air. I'm still cheering for Iowa. Even yeah, though I get that. Game. But, I mean, there's like 60 games on Saturday. Yeah. That, no, you, figure, you, you know, so I, who do you cheer for on Saturday? It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Like when I'm watching the game, I'd be lying if it's – you know, if I'm all in on Iowa. But But – you know, when my money's in, that's just how it is. Look to get involved live if there's anything. But I, I kind of try to just forget about the bets sometimes, and it's hard. It's hard. I'm working something. I'm working on. It's, I think my fandom has gone way down, so I, I, I should lose my my Iowa Hawkeyes full full fledged fan card probably. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. I mean, I, we were talking about I went to Wisconsin, and we were talking about on Slack. I think Wisconsin Northwestern. You like Northwestern? Turned out to be a winning play. They're a big dog. Uh, I like Northwestern too, but I just can't. I won't bet against Wisconsin. You know, I'll, I'll find one of the other sixty games. With the- yeah, it's hard. I mean, it, it's easier when they're laying a big price because you can get you, know, you can still get the victory and cash your ticket. It's a lot harder when you know it's a tight spread like this one with Iowa and Michigan this week. Yeah, that's yeah, you know, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that, I, that's where it's tough. Yeah, yeah. I even considered a bet on Northwestern last year just for the reason you said. You know, what what was the spread like? Like twenty in the. Yeah, I got 24, and I think close 23 and a half. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah and it certainly, I, I obviously would have middled it because Wisconsin won, but didn't, and there's, there's, a, there's definitely enough roof for that to happen. But yeah, when you're yeah. Still, and it's, it's the best case scenario as a fan, too, because, you know, kind of lit a fire under that team, you know, flat effort. You know, so now moving into next week, you know, it got their attention. They're not that special, you know, so I call, I call it a wake up win. Yeah. It's my, you know, you still get the victory, but. But it's like, okay, we got to refocus. We're not that good, you know. Uh, but, but this is a perfect segue, too, because in the Big Ten this week, we have a massive spread where in the preseason, nowhere near this spread. But Ohio State is laying 20 to Michigan State. But Ohio State's been a machine this year. And it's, you know, it's understandable why this line's so big. I Myself, when this line posted, it was 21 when I got at it. So I did take the 21 with Sparty. Uh, it's down to, I, I would not be surprised if this ticked back up to 21 by kickoff, especially at square books. Totals at 49 and a half. And, and this is about as correlated as correlated gets, with the under being way more likely to hit if Sparty covers and vice versa. But unfortunately, obviously, you can't get down on a bet like that. But 
But uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on this one with Ohio State, you know, the way they've been looking, but laying this many points at home at the shoe? Yeah, I, if anything, I would take the points. Uh, Ohio State certainly looks pretty scary yeah. now, <laughs> right now. Uh, but yeah, I think I think the number's too high. I mean, if you look back at last year's game, Ohio State was three and a half, but that was on the road. But that, you know, that's a pretty big swing from one year to the next, even when you go uh, even when you go road home in terms of the point spread. Um, what, what were the what were the games of the year numbers? You know, what? I don't even I, I don't have it offhand. I just no, it was nowhere near this this number. I mean, I'm, I had to have been single digits. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I can see I can see Michigan State coming out and playing pretty tough here. I yeah. the number too big for me. If if anything, and I you know it's it's a, it's a prime time game. I mean it, it's a good chance I'll play it, and if I do play it, it's definitely going to be on, on Sparty. Yeah, I think I'm going to look at the first half as well. Uh, just getting double digits there too. It's just it's just a spot where D'Antonio's you just thrives as an underdog especially in conference i don't have any of the trends to back that up but i, I know like even last year uh those were you know all over the place but this guy excels in this exact role where you know the expectations are low he's got that defense that's you know that let's be real that the michigan state defense is, is a really strong unit and obviously they're going they're going to get their ultimate test this week but i think this is like that perfect buy low sell high moment at this price you know, i just think this line should be more like 17 nor in that range. So we're just getting that yeah. extra value. It's it's going to be tough, especially early on in the game when you know, if Ohio State scores right away or something like that, it's going to be tough to, to do it. But I think if they play this game 100 times, we're covering at least 55 of the times on that spread. So, uh, Yeah, you, you spotted a, a defense like this, three touchdowns, and you, right. you like your chances. Yeah. Uh, any thoughts on Wisconsin before we move to the NFL? On, uh, or Jonathan Taylor, you got any high hopes? For I mean, obviously your hopes um, should be high. Yeah, I mean he's uh, yeah, I have Heisman hopes for him. I mean, I think he should be getting more more Heisman love than he's getting. To be honest with you, it always it always ends up being a quarterback though. That's his uh, that's his problem. But we'll see if he can tack another four touchdowns on the board this week against the weak opponent. Uh yeah, stay away game for me. Um, uh, you know, you we've seen what Wisconsin has done to weak opponents this year, and no one scored against them outside of conference. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if they roll it off of cover, uh, but you know this could be a little bit of I don't know I, I just I, I'm not not this is in the middle of the season, the middle of the conference schedule, um, uh, uh, you know probably not a spot where you would want to be laying all those points. Yeah, no, I, I took I actually took some thirty six and a half with Kent State. I, I did it just simple numbers, set it and forget it situation. Um, just I think it's, yeah. a little, it's a tick too high. So it's, there's been a little market move on on the dog here. I think yeah. open 37 down to 35. Yeah. So I'm I'm just you know if it ticks back up to 37, maybe maybe add a little bit more, but not a full position. But I just I just think it the market was just so high on Wisconsin going into that Northwestern game, and it's it's still kind of it still remained a little bit. But um, let's let's move it to the NFL though, because we got some some really juicy matchups this weekend, and the we can't thank the NFL schedule makers for anything though. I'm sure you're aware of this, but there's 10 games during the, the noon central time slate and only two games during the 3 PM slate. Like come out now. I don't know what they're doing, but uh, one of those noon games is going to be played at 6 PM locally. And that's the bears and the Raiders playing at Tottenham Hotspur stadium in London. And this is the ultimate quick segue here or not or sidebar. They, I think I was telling you this, like, the ultimate weekend for the Chicago sports fan in Europe is this weekend because the Blackhawks open up 
tomorrow night in Prague, uh, which is a roughly four-hour drive from Munich where Oktoberfest is going on, and that's that's closing up. That ends on Sunday. So for those smart enough, you, know, you could hit both of those and then fly to fly to London for the Bears and the Raiders on Sunday night if you got the money to, to cash it over. I wonder how many people are actually doing that. I don't know, but it's like the ultimate trip. I know some of the local Chicago um, you know, Blackhawks beat reporter guys, are they've already set up shop in Prague. I've seen like Scott Powers. Um, I saw a tweet by him. He's They're broadcasting from some bar in Prague, uh, some Blackhawks show that they're doing. Uh, so I'm sure there's a there's plenty there. I was looking at the tickets just for kicks, and the Blackhawks one, the Blackhawks tickets were a lot more expensive. I just think it's smaller arena or something like that too. But you know, they're obviously both both games were very expensive. But the Bears Raiders game and, was and, and Europeans actually like hockey. Yeah, exactly that too. That too. And plus, up in Prague, you know, you get more guys coming down from the Scandinavia, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, no ultimate weekend for Bears fans there. So anyone who's actually doing that, I tip my cap to you. But the Bears are laying five and a half. Um, the last I saw it against the Raiders, totals forty um, at the London game. Chase Daniels going to get the start for the Bears, but we have not seen much of a market downgrade at all. Um, obviously, I've heard some odds makers even make the case that it could be an upgrade with Chase Daniel as their quarterback, but um, not much of a market downgrade from Trubisky's absence. Um, I actually don't mind the bears here though. It spreads too much for me. So, but if I was forced to play this one, I, I I'd lay the points. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, I don't think I'm going to, but if I, if I had to bet, I, I, I would, I would lay the points with, with, with the bears. You know, that said, are the Raiders as bad as we thought they were? They're two and two now. Um, they beat right. a Denver team, which I think is still winless, though, in week one. Uh, they caught the Colts, banged up, and, and maybe in a, in a tough sort of sandwich game for them. Um, but nevertheless, they're 2-2, two and two, so maybe not as bad as everyone thought they were coming into the year. Um, yeah, but we got the Mac factor, too. Uh, he's looking forward to this game. He, he's going to play like Forrest Whitaker in Fast, Time, Fast Times at Ridgemont High when, when – <laughs> He thought the uh, the other team busted up his car. Uh, <laughs> oh, he he'll he'll definitely be a factor in that game. And and speaking about schedule, uh, you know the NFL was for a few years we were putting all these London games out in the morning, and I, I sure they still did that. I, I looked ahead, and uh, I believe next week is is the uh, Panthers and the Bucks, and that game is on early. Um, but, you know, in the morning, I think, you know, 10 o'clock my time, 9 o'clock for you in Chicago. Um, but to me, that was, you know, these London games for, for, the, for the U.S. fan, does it really matter where the game is being played? To, to me, that was a way to make those London games relevant to American fans, to U.S.-based fans. I mean, you put the game out in the morning, there's something special about it. You get it. Right. And, 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 you know, the, you know, the games in London – Hey, morning football. It happens a couple times a year. I don't know why they got away from that. And and I, I think there's – I looked at the schedule. I think the Panthers-Bucks is the only one they're doing in the morning. I might be wrong about that. But I wish all these London games they played in the morning because that, that kind of gave, gave it a little specialness. Yeah, no, I love it. I mean, I wish they did more windows of NFL games just spread out because I'm always up for those early NFL games in London. It's just extra reason to get up and watch football. Like, who could hate on that? That's right. But – Speaking of scheduling, though, too, an interesting thing here, and I want to hear your point of view here. It's more of just like a philosophical discussion, but the travel, you know, traveling to London, and I think the the Jaguars have really 
got this right at you know the past few years because they're you know they go there yearly as part of their their home slate. But traveling, you know, getting the travel uh, schedule right when going to London because obviously there's that um, I guess a competing interest of of going there too late in the week and you know not giving yourself proper time to adjust to the to jet lag and and you know the change of sleep schedule and everything. But also you know going too early in the week can kind of lead to distractions because you're in a foreign country. It's not like a situation where you're, you know, you're keeping the team, you know, in, in Youngstown, Ohio, kind of like what the 49ers did a few weeks ago. I, I love that angle, how, you know, they stayed, it was like an extended training camp for them. They didn't go home after their, their game in Florida. They, they just flew to Ohio and stayed there for the week before they played uh, the Bengals. I like that angle, but when you take your team early to, to London, you know, they're not just sitting around the hotel. There's a lot of distractions there. And it looks like that's what, the, uh, the Raiders did this week. They they went to Indiana from Indianapolis. They went straight to London from there. And the Bears are traveling. They travel there later this week. I think today. I'm not positive on that, but they they elected to travel later in the week. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Do you think there's like a, a perfect sweet spot there in terms of when you should travel to London? Oh boy, I I really have no idea. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's more yeah, I, I think it's, 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 it's you know it's it's such a schedule anomaly for these teams. I think it's probably hard for them to figure out. There, there probably isn't a, a, a sweet spot. There probably isn't a right answer. Uh, I know that the Raiders have a bad history in London. Um, so let's see last year, they got beat 27 to three to Seattle and uh, they arrived late Friday afternoon. Um, so, so, so maybe they're, they're already reacting there. To they're already there. I saw some AP photos. So yeah, yeah, they're already in London now. So I think Gruden that was a lesson learned for them. But but the NFL schedule makers really put it to the Raiders this year, didn't they? And they don't have yeah. home. Oh, yeah. They they played home in week one and two, and they don't play another home game until November. How does that? Yeah, that's brutal. Especially like the way they you know just going to London after. You know, Minnesota, then then uh, Indianapolis, then London, and not back till November. That's just uh, that's they definitely got the raw end of the the bargain there. Yeah, and if you ask the NFL, they'll say, "Oh, it's this is the world's hardest jigsaw puzzle putting together an <laughs> NFL schedule." But come on, I mean, that's a they, they, that that just doesn't seem doesn't seem uh, to me. After hard knocks, too, you know, all the distractions there because you know how much Gruden wanted to do hard knocks, yeah. Yeah, but uh, thank God AB's no longer there. Right. <laughs> and that, but yeah, no. I, I just think it's interesting though, just because you know you've seen teams kind of tinker with it, and the Jaguars, um, you know, they just going there yearly. I think they've really, you know, made, they've kind of found the perfect balance there, and also like the players. There's something to be said, you know, when you go there every year, you have a, you know the same hotel you're staying at, that same restaurant you're eating at the night before the game, that familiarity level. Where you know it's just a good angle to play. You know, I found that playing on the Jaguars. I'm pretty sure if you look up their ATS numbers in London, they're they're favorable. But uh, it's just an angle that I like to play. So I'm not sure when they play this year in London, but uh, something. To pay when do the Bears to. get there? They they went later in the week. I know that. I think that they're flying today. Okay. I'm not positive. I haven't looked up, but I know later in the week, um, later than the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. So, I just I didn't see any Bears photos on, on the UP wire, so I'm yeah. assuming they weren't there yet. Yeah, it could be O'Hare right now while we're recording this for That's, a while. Yeah, right. um, well, let's talk about the Bears' rival then, the Packers. They're playing the Cowboys. The Cowboys are laying three and a half totals at forty-seven. Uh, you got any thoughts on this one at all? 
Ah, it's just, you know, it's, I, I'm always intrigued and, and kind of humored by, by the, the narrative in, the, in all sports, but particularly the NFL and, and how, how it changes week to week. I mean, the, the Cowboys get off to a 3-0 and start. Uh, actually, both teams did, right? Uh, but the, so the Cowboys beat the, probably the, one of the three of the worst teams in the league, the Giants, the Redskins, and the Dolphins. And they beat them all bad. And uh, people are talking about them being the favorites to win the, win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's you know, right. and then what happens? They go to the Saints. They, they only get 10 points on the board. The first quality team they play, they lose. Kind of the same thing with, with, the, with, the, uh, with the Packers. Um, but here, I, you know, I, I, I'm seeing some three-and-a-half evens out there. I think at, at three, I, I definitely like Dallas. A couple interesting trends here. Um, Dallas 5-0-2 against the spread. Their last seven at home, um, Green Bay two and seven against the spread. Their last nine as a road dog. Uh, you know, I, I I'm careful with trends, but I think those those two are kind of meaningful. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, I think I think Dallas is the better team. So if if um, at, at three, I'm I'm going to probably lay the points. Maybe even at three and a half. I agree with you. Yeah, if this gets to three, I'm I'm going on Dallas. And if it stays three and a half, maybe a little bit less. But Green Bay's also banged up too. Bulaga, my my Iowa fellow Iowa alum, he's on the offensive line. He's questionable. Right. Devontae Adams is banged up. He's questionable. Jamal Williams, you saw what happened with him. He's hurt. And and uh, Aaron Jones, you know, for, for, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. He's on your fan, one of your fantasy teams, right, Aaron Jones? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, it's. Don't like what I'm seeing from him so far. I think you'd agree. He's kind of touchdown dependent. Kind of expected more. Uh, I did too, so especially he had, a, he had a great yards per carry last year. I don't know what happened to that. Yeah. But yeah, so that, not Adams. A, I mean, their their offense looked a lot different when he went out last week. Right, and I'm worried that that's going to maybe stay the same way this week. So I, I agree with you at three. That's a good a good look on the Cowboys uh, host of the Packers. And plus, they're coming off that loss Sunday night. So you know the Cowboys. You know they're going to going to be looking to avenge that loss. Uh, the Colts and the Chiefs, they're on Sunday night. The Chiefs, this total's up, or they're, sorry, the spread's 11. Chiefs are laying 11. The total's up, it's at 56. And this is a lot of points. I think the Colts at plus 11 or better could be worth it. It's the only way I would look for a small investment. But uh, our very own Joe Rogers, he told me this morning that that T.Y. Hilton and Darius Leonard returned to practice today for the Colts. Um, so I think you know that's a good sign for them. Obviously, they were out last week, and and you saw this team with T.Y. Hilton out. It really, he, he's one of those guys where I know in Vegas circles, he's one of those rare position players that really is, especially a wide receiver, that actually is worth more than a point to the to the line. Uh, do, you, do you have any lean on this game at all? It, you know, it's great when uh, your your opinion is confirmed by by an expert. And, you know, Joe and I have both written stories this week on this game, and we both hinted that there's been an overreaction um, to the Colts' loss to the, the Raiders last week, and that's exactly what Robert Walker, who uh, who's a, you know pretty a legendary odds maker, and he's got mm-hmm. the art odds maker in, in Indiana. Uh, that's ex- U.S. bookmaking. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what he said on on the uh, Bet Pro Football podcast that we published this morning on, on Bet Indiana and Bet Chicago. Um, so yeah, the you know the the Chiefs were were being dealt as low as seven and a half last week. Uh, the Colts come out flat performance against the Raiders. Number gets posted 10, 10 I think on Sunday. 
It's bet up 11. I'm even seeing 11 and a half out there. I, wow. uh, Tyree Kill might be a factor there because he's been practicing. Um, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I'm looking to take the points here. I think it's, this is too many points. I, you know, I think that the, you know, the Colts have a better defense when you, when you can get a, give a better defense, 11 points, that's usually a play. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll go against the market here. I, I think, I think 11, 11, 11 and a half is too many. I think the Colts are a pretty good play at that number. I agree with you. It's one of those spots where it's really kind of hard to decide when you want to get down your position. If you're going to, if you're going to, play the Colts in this spot because obviously the Chiefs are such a public team. Um, so it's you know, usually in these spots, I feel like there's no rush to bet on the dog here, especially on a Sunday night isolated primetime game. But by the same, you know, on the flip side, when you're looking at, you know, T.Y. Hilton actually practicing today and Darius Leonard, you know, that could become a narrative too where people want to bet on, oh, okay, you know, T.Y. Hilton's, you, know, you, re- oh, you read some stats with the Colts with T.Y. Hilton and without T.Y. Hilton, he's worth a lot to the line. So it's one of those spots where I think if you're willing to if you're looking to get in on the Chiefs, maybe put part of the position down now, especially if you can get 11 and a half right now. Because I don't think this thing's getting up to 13 and 12 is just a dead number. So if it's me, I'm, I'm doing part of it now at 11 and a half and then waiting waiting it out till Sunday. Maybe get maybe can tick back up with, with public action on Sunday leading into the game time. But I think that's the way I would play it personally. Yeah, you just uh, wonder when uh, there's going to be resistance from the pros. Um, right. And some number they the pros got to be interested in the Colts. Yeah. No, you got to figure thirteen. There's just an automatic s- snapback of. of pro uh, yeah, I, I can't see. I can't see this game getting to thirteen. Yeah, uh, but I've been wrong before. <laughs> same, same here. Same here. You never know too when, what could happen in practice, and you know, T. Y. Hilton suffers a setback or something like that. That could maybe drive it back up too. Because I think the line now is still. You know, it's obviously factoring in T. Y. The a realistic possibility of T. Y. Hilton playing in that game. Uh, Monday night football, closing out our last game here. The Niners coming off the bye week. They're hosting the Browns. Obviously, they're coming off the big upset win as seven-point dogs in Baltimore. Uh, total in this one's 46 and a half. Uh, Browns, I mean, I, I don't I just don't know if I could see them getting up for another big game here after their upset win last week. You know, against the, obviously, I think the, the market, I, I bet on the Browns last week. I thought seven was crazy, especially when you know when you're looking at look ahead lines the week prior they were getting five and a half in that game. And, and I even found a seven and a half last week before that game kicked off. And, and, and there's just too many points. I was happy to take that. But this week I'm definitely not looking the Browns way, especially traveling cross country to play a team that I've been high on since the preseason. I don't, one of my first articles I wrote for bet Chicago was on the 49er season win total, uh, getting on and on that one. And just that team being generally underestimated by the marketplace. Cause that defense is really overrated and they've had an entire week to prepare for this one. So my my lean though at three and a half though it's not enough for me at three I'd probably look to get into play but do you have any any particular way you're looking to play Monday night Yeah I do think it is a tough it does look like a tough spot for the Browns you know coming off a division yeah. win on the road uh, got to go on the road again cross country to play a team that gets extra rest uh, coming right. by so difficult spot here interesting game for sure I mean you have the the 49ers are undefeated. Nice call, by the way. So far on the Niners. So far, so far. Yeah, they've had uh, some tough games. Ahead. Yeah, looking at the resume, they didn't, you know, didn't beat um, a bunch of world beaters here, but they are 3-0. 3-0 is 3-0. Um, right. The Browns uh, maybe have some momentum here. Uh, so definitely an interesting game to watch, whether or not you're going to bet on it or not. Uh, very I agree. Um, um We'll see. We'll see how that number goes. Three and a half seems to be right, and that's uh, that seems. I think it's a pretty tough number to, to 
bet against either or either laying them or taking them. Um, but we'll see. I, I, I don't have a, an opinion on a on, uh, side here, but definitely looking forward to watching it. Me too. No, this is going to be a great game, I think. And preseason expectations, obviously, on the Browns were through the roof. And and uh, the Niners, I think, you know, starting to get some love now too. So this is going to be – and also a coaching uh, – this is another game, I think, with a coaching mismatch. Um, nothing against Freddie Kitchens too much, but I just think he's been in over his head a bit this year as a head coach. And Kyle Shanahan, I mean, that's that's one of like the main things I wrote about in that article that when I started out is just how how great of a coach he is and him with extra time to prepare for this game. You know, able to watch the Browns last week and the, just all all the intangibles for this game really point to the Niners. Just sucks that the Lions, you know, at three and a half. I just can't really get behind it. So just maybe a tick of value, but. But I agree with you. I think it's just going to be an excellent watch and something maybe we can get involved. Uh, live betting, maybe an opportunity will come up there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Not, not sure not sure the Browns are the right coach. Yeah, I agree. All right, well, I think that's going to do it. I mean, yeah, this, this always flies. But, um, yeah, if you want to close out, do you have any, like, favorite plays you want to you want to give out this week or any any bets that you, uh, you want to get behind and, and kind of give out to the listeners? Well, yeah. Uh, my, my advice, my best advice, I'll, I'll give a pick, but my, my best advice is don't let's do my advice. I, I'm, I'm a career 49% and that's not even close to the 52.3% you need to break even. So uh, I consider myself a pretty good sports betting editor. I'm definitely not a good sports better. Uh, so, so with that said, uh, here's a pick. It's not going to be a popular one. Uh, I like the Giants. I think the number's too high. Uh, I made, you know, I, I, I kind of sketch out the, the spreads every Sunday night. Uh, I made this game two. I thought the Giants are catching five at home. Uh, they're, they're, you know, I'm not all in on the Giants necessarily, but they do look like a better team right now with that with a quarterback change to Jones. Um, uh, one, two in a row has some momentum. I think it's a tough spot for Minnesota, too, coming off a loss. They have Philly next week. And I don't want to put too much emphasis on this because sometimes these things are overstated and don't really necessarily have a big effect on the number. Uh, but there's trouble in Minnesota. Uh, no one seems to be happy there. Elon's not happy. News today is Diggs wants out. So there's some consternation in the locker room there, and that's probably not a good thing going into New York. I think uh, the, the, the Giants catching five is a pretty good bet. Yeah, it's almost like two teams that are going in opposite directions right now. Like, um, and also like that digs quickly that, that digs uh, contract too. I think he really shot himself in the foot by by signing that. He signed a long term deal there that was really team friendly. And kind of hamstrung himself with that. And I think he's making like fourteen fifty million in the next few years. So there's really no. Uh, just I could see the Vikings just being like, "Oh, sorry, too bad for Diggs if he wants out." But see, like I for this game. I, I think it's a spot where like the Giants are just the market's just gone too far on them. And I, I think that the Vikings defense is gonna just make Daniel Jones' life a living hell on Sunday. Kirk Cousins is hard to get behind him, but that Giants secondary, you know, that's you know, they're not world beaters either. The past two weeks with Daniel Jones have been against uh two very poor defenses. So I you know, it, it's kind of in dead man's or or uh, sorry, no man's land for me right now. At, at the current market price, but I just can't help but think that this one does have blowout potential. But I hear you. There's there's been a few a few opinions out there that uh, that, that I consider sharp that are on your side. So we'll have to wait and see. That Daniel Jones train just keeps moving, though. It'll be crazy if they can win this one. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. It's five and a half. I mean, I, I don't see a, I don't see a huge overreaction to that with that number. 
I mean, that's a pretty big number to be catching on the road on the, at home. Yeah, and it's saying that they're laying eleven and a half in, in Minnesota, so that's right. a, that's a, that's a big number. Right. So, yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, that's that's going to be a good one to watch, though. That's just one really top notch defense against a rookie quarterback who's taking the Big Apple by storm. So that'll definitely be a good watch on Sunday as well. But uh, that'll do it, though. This has been. A lot of fun, Marcus. Thanks so much for coming on. It was good to talk about the state of the industry with you. And uh, you have any closing thoughts for the people and where, where to find you on social media? Uh, Marcus Donato is my Twitter handle. Uh, no, I mean, just 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 keep coming to the sites. Um, we're, we're excited about Indiana. Uh, we're about to get loose there in a big way. Um, and uh, let's let's go stay on your stay on your Illinois politicians. Um, you know, let's let's get that. Let's get that law right. And let's 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 get live here. Let's get live here soon in Chicago and the rest of the state. Yes, agreed. Amen to that. All right. Well, thanks for coming on. We'll we'll definitely bring you on again in the future. Fantastic. Thanks, Mike. Take care, Marcus. Right, bye-bye. All right. Thank you so much to Marcus for coming on the podcast. I hope you all enjoyed that. Definitely give him a follow on Twitter. Marcus brings such a great perspective, and it was awesome to have him on to hear his insights. That's one of the best guys in the industry right there, so make sure you guys give him a follow at Marcus Donato on Twitter. And like he said in the interview, there are big things coming for Bet Indiana News and Bet Chicago, so stay tuned and definitely uh, make those websites part of your daily routine. Uh, that interview went longer than I planned, which seems to be the case every single week, but I, I think it was awesome to take our time and introduce you to some of my new co-workers over at USA Sports Gaming the past few weeks. So we've went long, but I'm fine with that. Uh, let's close out the pod now by quickly jumping into some of my favorite plays on this week's card for College Football Week 6 and NFL Week 5. Hello! Army, plus three at home against Tulane this weekend. I got it at minus 105, but I still think it's worth a take at minus 115 or better. Uh, take a look at the money line as well. Uh, be sure to shop around for this one, but I'm loving Army this week. Tulane is coming off a bye week. They've had two weeks to prepare for the triple option, but I don't care. The Tulane defense is great, but Army, this is a whole different animal. Uh, when you look at Tulane's prior games, they've not faced a team uh, at Army's level, so there's value at this one. I've got this one. Actually, Army favored in this game, so getting three points was an easy take. So Army catching a full field goal. Great play this week. Cincinnati, plus four and a half. That's where I got it earlier in the week. This actually, this line was at five uh, at a lot of spots earlier in the week. It's at three and a half now. I'd like it for less than anything over three. Um, but I touched on this one briefly in the interview with Marcus, and I wrote an article about this game for Bet Chicago and Bet Indiana News that you should check out. But this is just too many points here. Cincinnati, I really think they're a team that's turned things around after their bye week. Um, they started out the season taking my money against UCLA as and week one is uh, two-and-a-half, three-point favorites in that game. And then they lost to Ohio State. They were shut out, and we know how Ohio State's been since you know since the start of the season. That was week two. And the market kind of went down on them a little bit, but then they had their bye week, and they came out last week on fire at Marshall, just destroying Marshall as four-point road favorites. And you really saw just a different team. I think that their head coach, Luke Fickle, who's awesome in this spot, by the way, as a, as a, as a home dog and in, in these spots, just at home in general. They've won nine straight home games, too. Um, but he's great in this spot on a Friday night. You know the crowd's going to be going crazy on this one. And this team really, I think, is going to bring that momentum after refocusing during their bye week. They're going to bring that momentum into Friday night against the Central Florida team that is obviously talented. I mean, I have them favored in this game. I've got this game at around one. 
Central Florida, but it could be a letdown spot for them. They beat Connecticut last week, but if you remember the week before that, they lost their first game in the regular season since November of 2016 against Pittsburgh, and I gave that game out on the Doggy Juice Twitter. Pittsburgh was getting too many points at home. That was a great spot, but I didn't think Pittsburgh would win that game outright, but they did. Central Florida, Central Florida lost that game, and now they, they, you know, pretty much their their hopes for a national championship. Or I mean, obviously, let's be real, they never had a chance. But you know, they realistically at the start of the season had college football playoff as you know as a dream goal for them. That's gone now. And Connecticut last week, yeah, they won that game. Connecticut's one of the worst teams in the country. Connecticut covered that game last week, and this week, I don't think they're going to get up as much for the game tomorrow night uh, on Friday against. A Cincinnati team that should not be getting that many points. And the markets agreed with me. The game's at three and a half now. Still good to take for less at that price. You know, if it goes back up to four, UCF is a public team. I think they could be worth um, adding on to if it gets up to that number. But Cincinnati, I'm liking them at home on Friday night. <laughs> Iowa State, another team that I'm liking this week. I got them at minus three. I'm shocked that that line, it, it opened up at three and a half. I thought it was going to go up, so I bet some at three and a half, but it went down to three. So I added their they're at home against TCU. Uh, this Iowa State team, you know, I've been on them all year, and I still think the market's not properly appreciating this team um, when you look at the start of their season. But I, I still think that Brock Purdy is an incredible quarterback, dual threat guy, and Matt Campbell, the Iowa State coach, one of the best college football coaches out there. This is just not enough, they're not laying enough points. The market has this game lined it at, uh, at minus three, and I think there's great value at, at laying the three with the Cyclone. So we're going to do that this week, minus three, Iowa State. And then a couple of ugly underdogs that I've plays on where the numbers are in our favor. Kent State, plus 36.5, which I discussed briefly in the interview with Marcus. Tennessee, plus 25 or better at home against Georgia. And a smaller play on Stanford, if you can get it at plus 17, a full-size play, but smaller at, at uh, the current market price of plus 16 and a half, anything over two touchdowns really at home against Washington. That's just, that's just too many points. So before I move on to the NFL, let's check in with our resident degenerate Danimal to see who he has going this weekend. What is up everybody? Danimal checking in for a little week five action on the doggy juice pod. Um, come to a point where doggy juice is going to be cutting me off like Mike Francesca, but it's okay. It's okay. I know he's a busy, busy dog out there working hard, stalking Darren Ravel. But um, I got some more winners for you here. College football, been doing very well, very, very well. All my picks that I give, everything else, I can't win because I bet 50 times a week. However, first pick, Air Force, minus three and a half. Their Falcon died. It's been around for 20 years. They don't lose when the Falcon dies. They can't. It's a lock. I don't care what you think about this game. Air Force is Falcon tied. Lock. Boise State, minus 23. UNLV stinks. They're just awful. Boise cruises. Take them first half as well. Lions probably 13. I don't see my sight right now with it, but first half, lock that up. Then Oregon State, plus 6.5 against UCLA. Everybody knows I hate UCLA. They're awful. Their quarterback hasn't been practicing all week. They stink. They lost to Arizona. They're just not good. So Oregon State keeps this within the number and a little money line sprinkle. Two totals for you. Texas, West Virginia, over 59 or 60. This game, high, high scoring. We'll see if Texas is able to cover the spread, but I don't know. I just think this is going to be very high scoring. 
And for all we know, they're going to be lighting couches on fire if West Virginia pulls this upset. And then lastly, Troy, Mizzou, over 66. Don't know anything about them. Just just, just play that over. That's going to fly over 66. Mizzou scores, and so does Troy. In the NFL, Ravens, minus 3.5. I know, I know. Jury's still out on them. I think the Steelers stink. Last week, Bengals, awful. I think the Ravens dominate this game. Mason Rudolph, not that good. Throws five yards every time. I think the Ravens easily cover a touchdown. And a couple dogs for you. The Pack at Dallas. Rodgers dominates at the Jerry Dome. Never lost. Keep it going. Cowboys started hot. I think the Pack win this outright. Bills, still riding my Bills Mafia. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't like the Titans. Too inconsistent. Bills getting a field goal. Layup. Take that. Sprinkle the money line. And lastly, a homer pick. I know the doggy juice is on the opposite side here. Give me the G-Men plus six all day. I don't care how good the Vikings defense is. I don't care. Kirk Cousins stinks. Stinks out loud. Their offense is so talented, but he's awful. They shouldn't be laying six points to anybody. Anybody. Take the G-Men. Sprinkle the money line. The dogs are barking in the NFL. See you guys next week. Just keep gambling. It'll never get better, but it's the best thing in the world. Danimal out. All right. Thank you very much, Danimal. That was clearly recorded in your office hallway. Hopefully it was during your lunch break today. Let's finish up with NFL Week 5. Road teams went 11-4 and last week, and the road dogs barked, including the Buccaneers as nine-point dogs, the Panthers as dogs outright, the Browns they won as dogs outright, the Raiders they beat the Colts as dogs outright, the Titans they won as dogs, and the Jaguars they that late comeback win as outright underdogs as well. So the dogs were barking, and road dogs catching six points or less last week finished five and three straight up in week four. So catching six or less, straight up five and three. And this this year so far in 2019, road dogs catching six or less are 18 and 12 straight up in 2019. So it's just a little trend to keep in the back of your minds. Uh, the big stories last week, obviously, were the Buccaneers and the Raiders. But moving forward to this week, week five, it's not the best card this week. There's no teaser candidates. I read that weekly teaser article for Best Chicago and Bet Indiana News, and this is the first week where there are uh, just not enough teaser candidates to warrant a play. So not going to force anything, not going to do a two-team, six-point teaser. That doesn't cross through uh, the key numbers of three and seven on each leg. So we're passing that one. Not the best card, but I have to go oppo with Danimo on the Steelers. Um, we're going to go head-to-head on that one. I love the Ravens this year, but this line's out of hand. I actually bet this at plus four on Sunday, and I told a few of you listeners out there uh, in person to jump on that. Uh, before that number moved on Sunday, um, but obviously before you know before the Steelers played on Monday, but you can get down on that number at plus four, and I agree with the line move. It's at three and a half now with juice on the Steelers, but I still think they're worth a look at anything over three. So at three and a half right now, I think uh, that they're worth a look at that number. And another Patriots under. I'm on the under and the Patriots versus the Redskins. Uh, it's 42 and a half right now. You could still get that as of Thursday night. I think that's still a good play. The Patriots, their yards per play on defense is insanely good this year. And this week they're going up against a trash Redskins team that's going to have a hard time scoring. Belichick, you know that Belichick's just going to 
want to run out the clock and rest up Brady and not run up the score, wants to preserve Brady. So if they have a big lead late, you really don't have to expect too much late scoring. So I love the under again with the Patriots involved here, and I think only a defensive touchdown or some crazy short fields will lose this ticket for us, although I thought the same thing at Buffalo last week, and we did get the defensive touchdown, and the short fields did happen, but that under still cashed with ease. So I think we're going to get something similar this week. Uh, with just a non-existent offense in Washington. So under 42.5 in that one. Otherwise, we'll see where the NFL lines go as the week progresses. And as always, follow Doggy Juice on Twitter and Instagram for our best bets every week. We're red hot right now the past few weeks. After a little shaky start to the season, we've really hit our stride uh, the past month. So follow me, follow Doggy Juice on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, for for best bets, betting-related information. And as always, check out BetChicago and BetIndianaNews.com for articles. we got some great guys writing some great stuff over there, so there's a lot of value to be had. I think I wrote a a, premier, uh, a Champions League article this week uh, kind of just pointing out some value, and soccer's far from my wheelhouse. I don't make numbers in soccer at all, but I gave out a few plays, uh, including a, a plus 450 draw on there that, that hit this week, so... We're bringing some great value plays to you. All the guys there are doing that. So just look for that content. There's some great stuff on there. But Otherwise, thanks for listening, and I'll be back next week. We are right in the thick of it, baby. October sports, nothing better. Talk to you all next week. Take care. Doggy Juice out.